Hello again, everybody. This is uh, Jason Powers. So today I'm doing a broadcast uh, using a different headset. Um, hopefully it'll hang in there today. I've uh, had some issues with microphones. I always seem to have issues with microphones. I think it's actually the computer itself, but uh, I haven't replaced it yet. So it is what it is. I might go to my backup computer and uh, do... Uh, plan B or even a plan C. I do have a Chromebook, but I haven't used that thing in two years, so I don't even know if I can load up a spread a Sprecher on there at all or use uh, use this platform. So today we're going to talk about uh, Getter or Bust. So that's the overall or overriding idea. The good news is I've got the headphones on so I can at least hear myself think or at least hear myself uh, discussing this over the music. Uh, Alex Jones did an interview with the Dr. Hater this afternoon who talks about uh, flumox, uh, flumox, uh, I can't say it, flumoxamine, I can't, like I said, <laughs> you wouldn't hire me to give uh, advice on uh, medicine, but uh in other words, he he has a um, he has now uh, taken a lead or charge. I put a link in the description about you know the idea here is about you can go to his website mygotodoc.com and you can uh, get information and um, talk with doctors, discuss your situation, and then go uh, go from there as far as uh, ivermectin and whatnot. In other words, get alternative treatments, and that's what they are, alternative treatments. For my uh, YouTube uh, uh, censorship, which was is bound to come with this, they're located in 40 states around the country. And this is a warfare, of informational warfare as much as anything else, and getting out the word. So... Going back to the prior episode with mass psychosis, I posted a blog uh, yesterday. Well, blog. I, basically, it's a blog. Um, so, going to mass formation psychosis, uh, the, there's uh, I uploaded, and I, I'll put a link later in the description about um, the concept behind that. Um, there's a long video that I uploaded. It came. Uh, <clears throat> the discussion was had by Matthias Desmet. That was the reference that Dr. Malone had uh, provided. And so from there, um, that broadcast on Joe Rogan had a uh, substantial impact on the traffic that is seen on uh, Getter. Uh, evidently, in the last couple of days, about 500,000 people have uh, signed up to Getter instead uh, to get off Twitter uh, due to the censorship. Maybe they found that uh, Dr. Malone was more rational than other some of the other people that were uh, talking and discussing some of this stuff. Um, there's no telling, but I think that has a lot to do with it. So, Matthias Desmond did an interview with Dan Austin Gregory on his YouTube channel, and it's about an hour and 15 minutes. Um, like I said, the post is on uh, DCF Press. Uh, uh, it's pretty recent. I posted since then. About and then um, a gal named Amazing Polly did a uh, analysis or a review of that and posted uh, obviously a um, and actually found a research pa- paper called Fugitives from Guilt, 
which we could go over, but I'm not going to do that. That's uh, 62 pages. And if you want to read it, you can read it at your le- leisure. I made it downloadable, so it's not my it's not my work. It's not for me to hold hold back. So you can download it at your leisure and read it. And the more people uh, take firsthand sources and read and involve from that, the more they'll get uh, information that will be useful to them. And I give some other links to things that I've written recently in this particular post. So it's a consolidation of a lot of ideas in one area. And you can peruse them at your leisure. Uh, today, though, Alex Jones had on a Dr. Dr. Uh, Saeed Hader, and he's created this site, and he has some interviews that he's done with other people. He has prescribed ivermectin to, uh, I think he said, around 35,000 people. And uh, actually, I'm going to play a couple of clips uh, from Alex Jones and I'll shut my mouth and let those rock and roll, uh, or we'll we'll let it let it go from there. So the clips together are about seventeen and a half minutes. I'll I'll probably play about half of the first one and most of the second one. We'll we'll just get a background. Um, the audio is kind of crappy because I had it uh, recorded in real time and um, on the Infowars website. Their uh, video lags the audio, so. Anyway, uh, you know, I did the best I could with what I had at the time. So I used Audacity and had to bump up the uh, gain on it and whatnot. But it, you'll hear the background noise. But you should be able to hear it. I, if I can hear it in my ears, uh, hopefully you can hear it in yours. Thanks so much for having me, Alex. I, I really appreciate you. Yeah. I mean, you did an amazing job bringing things down. But you were saying fluoxamine is, is the biggest thing that you wanted to cover. So, so thanks for coming here. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So fluvoxamine is an SSRI. It's a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, and that basically means it affects your serotonin neurotransmitters all over your body. Um, so the really important thing about fluvoxamine is that it works great for COVID-19. There's a phase three study on fluvoxamine showing that if you take fluvoxamine at least 80% of the prescribed doses, you have a 12 times lower risk of dying than if you don't take fluvoxamine for COVID-19. And I think the most interesting thing about fluvoxamine to talk about with your guests, with your with your viewers, is that you know a lot of people end up in the hospital nowadays and they call me and tell me you know I've got COVID, it's really bad, and the doctor won't give me ivermectin, they won't give me hydroxychloroquine. I know all these things work for COVID, and they just refuse to give it to me. What should I do? Um, Theoretically, if a patient were to tell their doctor in the hospital that, hey, doc, I used to have depression for years, and I used to take fluvoxamine 50 milligrams twice a day. I know it's kind of a weird dose for depression, but that's what my doctor gave me. I did great on it. I wasn't depressed, and then I I decided to go off of it, right? Against my doctor's advice, I've been off of it for about a year now, and I've been getting really depressed in the last couple of months. Can you put me back on fluvoxamine? I don't know a single doctor in America who won't buy that story and give a patient fluvoxamine. And, and it's really sad that patients have to go to these lengths, right? I mean, I'm glad we're jumping right into it, but let, let's get back to the How did you, what have you thought the last two years of this? And just, you're a medical doctor, very respected. I should have done your whole bio. But you jumped right into it. I love fluvoxamine. But I mean, Dr. Seyde Hyder is a doctor who specializes in internal medicine, who treated 35,000 pages, over 4,000 with active COVID infections, resulting in zero deaths as only five hospitalizations. That is incredible. Over 30,000 were given ongoing preventative ivermectin. Of those who took ivermectin uh, to prevent catching COVID, less than 10 returned with active COVID infections. With the breaking news, the USPS and FDA, that's why I wanted to get you on. Yeah. And the FDA are colluding <laughs> to withhold over 
seized ivermectin shipments to America. Uh, Dr. Saeed Hyder uh, is working to uh, work with this crisis and by sourcing the cheapest U.S. mail order pharmaceuticals in each state. This bold action will provide Americans with life-saving drug uh, before they get sick so they are ready for treatment on day one of symptoms. Go to mygo2doc.com. So that was the, that's why I wanted you on. You got here so quick. I'm like, damn, you were on really laying out how they're not trying to stop uh, what, what's it called? Interstate commerce, they're not, they're not interfering with interstate shipments of ivermectin, but overseas ivermectin, they are seizing at the border. Exactly. So they're trying to block that. So, so I didn't mean to, to tell you into one topic and just sure. another, but let's, let's finish up with the fluvoxamine, if I'm saying that right, yeah. and, and why, it's, why we think it's working on COVID, and then why they're trying to block it, and then oh, back to the other subject. Sure. So fluvoxamine works for COVID in a number of different ways. So it does, it stabilizes platelets so they don't dump serotonin into the bloodstream. And this actually can nip the cytokine storm in the bud. So it can stop the cytokine storm. Um, it also acts on the sigma-1 receptor. It's an anti-inflammatory receptor. And I just want to kind of mention that, you know, I, I hesitated to even prescribe fluvoxamine because, you know, it does affect brain neurochemistry. Um, but that only really kicks in after four to six weeks. And you only need to use it for two weeks for COVID-19. Um, Plus, it's good not to die. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, always good to stay alive. It dies, it made me hallucinate. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so I haven't really seen a lot of side effects with fluvoxamine. It's really, really rare. People do really well in fluvoxamine, especially with this short two-week course. So I highly recommend it to all my patients. And, and I, have, um, I haven't seen anyone who took fluvoxamine within the first five days of COVID-19 who, who even got worse after that point. No one was hospitalized who took it in the first five days. So, and, so are you saying fluvoxamine is even better than ivermectin? So, you know, they, they, work, they, they work complementary to each other, right? Um, but I, I do think fluvoxamine probably has even stronger data than ivermectin. Ivermectin has incredible data for COVID-19, and there's a lot more studies of ivermectin, but fluvoxamine has some really powerfully, really well-done studies. And, and I can't think of any other drug that you can say, if you take the doses as prescribed, you'll have a 12 times lower risk of dying than if you and don't. that just shows how powerful SSRIs are in the brain. But this thing can completely block a virus. Imagine what it does to the other side of your brain. This is so, so that's a really good point. So ivermectin actually doesn't cross the blood-brain barrier. That's another reason to add fluvoxamine to ivermectin because it goes into the brain. It addresses inflammation inside your brain, which ivermectin will not do. And you talked about the studies because it's not just you. I was already hearing from all these scientists I respect, hey, fluvoxamine, you got to cover fluvoxamine. And I'm like, and then I see you on the ear talking about how they're trying to suppress it. This is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And, and the other good point is that fluvoxamine is actually on the Johns Hopkins treatment guidelines for COVID now, and it's still not on the NIH guidelines. It's not on the FDA guidelines. Um, so the FDA... Wow, so I, they're not even trying to block it right now? So it's just somewhere. So they're they're not they're not putting it on the guidelines. Just the Johns Hopkins guidelines have it. But you know, so Steve Kirsch bankrolled the fluvoxamine trials, and what he discovered was that when he tried when, when he when he got through phase three studies, no, he couldn't find a pharmaceutical company that would present the data to the FDA for him, and he had to find a pharmaceutical company because the FDA won't take it from a private citizen. So, so that, I mean, that, I think that's just ridiculous. You know, he, he spent millions of dollars to take it through phase one, two, and three studies. He's got all the data that he needs for an emergency use authorization, and yet he, need, he can't find a pharmaceutical company willing to do it. And why not? Because they're not going to make any money. And this is Steve Kirsch, a great guy. He is, I mean, absolutely. He's out there doing these studies, and, then, and they don't want it because they won't make money. Yeah, so, so our system is just totally broken, right? Um, you know, we, we know that we have drugs 
really cheap, dirt cheap drugs. I mean, what could be better? We ivermectin can be had for like less, like a cent per dose, right? You can make it for one cent per dose. And, and you know, fluvoxamine is cheap, hydroxychloroquine is cheap, budesonide inhalers are cheap. I mean, it's just a steroid inhaler has been around for decades. All these drugs have incredible safety profiles. Ivermectin especially, I mean, it's the safest drug I can think of, literally. It's safer than Tylenol, which is the leading cause of liver failure. It's safer than ibuprofen, which is known to cause like heart failure. Um, I mean, there, there's no other drug that's as safe as ivermectin. Fluvoxamine is safe enough to use for COVID for almost anyone. Um, I, I very rarely see side effects and, of fluvoxamine. And, and Doc, it's amazing you came here to be with some person. I really appreciate it. It's all put the cart for the horse, but do we know chemically what ivermectin does versus fluvoxamine and why they work so well? Yeah, so, so ivermectin, actually, so, so they both actually have anti-inflammatory effects, different kinds of anti-inflammatory effects, but they address specific inflammatory cytokines that are raised by COVID-19. So ivermectin affects interleukin-6, um, fluvoxamine hits the sigma-1 receptor. Um, so they're actually better than using steroids for COVID. We know steroids work for COVID-19 because there's a, there's a viral replication phase and there's an inflammatory phase. So ivermectin will give you some antiviral effects. Fluvoxamine actually also has some antiviral effects that are not really talked about much, but it, it affects that it affects the acid sphingomyelinase um, enzyme and it prevents entry of COVID-19 into cells. Ivermectin does the same thing. It prevents entry of COVID-19 into your cells. Um, it binds to the spike protein. Um, and so, so the, the point I wanted to get to was that steroids are kind of broad spectrum immunosuppressants. And so they, they're kind of like carpet bombing, right? Like instead of like, you want like targeted action that you get with ivermectin and fluvoxamine. Wow. So we've seen again, huge resistance against ivermectin. I've seen some against the fluvoxamine, but you're the expert. What's happening there? Yeah, so, I mean, the... The, the worst thing with fluvoxamine is that no one's talking about it, right? Like, you, you had a couple of news articles when the phase two trials came out and, and also with the phase two trials, but it should really be, you know, approved by the, you know, the NIH, the CDC should be talking about it. It should be on the official guidelines. And so that's why we're here. You're like, hey, yeah, I make a big deal out of ivermectin now they're trying to block it, but that's yesterday's battle. We're almost kind of winning that war. We need to get fluvoxamine out there. Absolutely. We, we do need to get fluvoxamine out there. And, and like I said before, you know, I've had patients come to me from the hospital. I had this elderly gentleman in the hospital, and this was his story. His son had to smuggle in ivermectin to him, okay? He was on a ventilator, okay? His doctor was saying he's going to probably die in a few days. He started ivermectin. He was better within a couple of days, and he was being discharged. His roommate was also on a ventilator, okay? His roommate saw what had just happened in the last three days with him, asked him if he could take the rest of his ivermectin. So his roommate gets the rest of his ivermectin. He gets better in a couple of days, comes off the ventilator. He gets discharged. Now they're fast friends. Uh, but they, they had to act like secret agents to treat COVID-19, you know, with effective drugs. That's the drugs. story you were telling I wanted to on about, but then it's the lots of means even bigger. Let's come back and, and start off, Doc, wherever you want. Thank so there you go. He, that's uh, the first segment. So he's talking about the uh, the medical safety protocol and, and whatnot and how... Uh, as it so if you want to win in this battle and he describes this later on as uh we're gonna have to get a little bit more creative in how we uh approach uh getting medications um i recently and and now uh, the two of my current listeners uh i had been working for u p s so he mentioned u p s um they were uh starting to uh um screen overseas packages regarding ivermectin. I find this reprehensible so <laughs> amongst other things but anyway um I was just working seasonally there and they're planning or they planned <laughs> the downsize me anyways 
And he said, uh, well, you know, the long the season's over and blah, blah, blah. So, anyways, that isn't the point. But you see what we're having to do. We're having to hustle. But in order to win this battle, and we're going, I mean, this isn't even any longer about COVID. COVID is just, it's the convenient excuse for them to keep uh, emergency powers and keep the mass psychosis around for those that are hypochondriacs and sheeple and a host of other people. Uh, a matter of fact, it's irony of irony that the people with depression issues uh, I actually uh, do okay, or if they're on that kind of medication. He's quoting a study, obviously. So when they did the analysis across uh, of the comorbidities with um, comorbidities with um, with uh, the SARS-CoV-2 uh, virus, it turns out, or just so happens, that people who are on this depression medications were doing better than all the other comorbidities. So that's probably why they stumbled upon the fact that this medication actually uh, inhibits and, and improves people's uh, uh, profile on uh, having the disease. So what do you know? And I'm sure there's a there's plenty of uh, medical reasons for that as far as inflammation and whatnot, you know, maybe the depression medication. So, but it, show, it goes to show you what you have to go through in order to achieve the the objective, which is to get treatment, because um, we have a host of people, including pharma, pharmaceutical representatives, like literally at the hospital level, that won't allow people to do what they need to do, which is get treatment accordingly. And that's been popped up uh, quite a bit and just recently. Uh, it's kind of interesting that, that that happens to be the case, that uh, you have to go out of your way in order to achieve the goal of getting treatment. Um, but this episode is also about Getter, which is uh, the, the point of that is to say that uh, people are looking for alternatives. Now, I'm not going to, I'm not going to rah-rah. I am on Getter uh, under the same uh, um, handle, DCF Press. Um, and, I, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not knocking it or trashing it. I think the point when I say that is that it, it has a little bit further to go, but a lot of people are switching over there because uh, aside from the messaging, which is kind of good and bad, if it doesn't have direct messaging, that's probably a good thing because a lot of people go there for other reasons and it has nothing to do with, uh, what do you call it, uh, helping helping out, uh, you know, people are looking to hook up, they're trying to stalk you, blah, blah, blah. I know that sounds kind of creepy, but that's kind of what's going on. You have to be aware of what's the, be aware of the rea reality. So, anyway, I see some new names and faces. Uh, matter of fact, I just uh, subscribed or just followed uh, Tim, Tim Pool, which he might have been on there for a long time. I don't know, I just, uh, so he joined October, so... The funny thing is Getter has been kind of eh, when I say eh. Uh, so it recommends certain things, but to go find and research, I mean, yeah, you can maybe find somebody, I guess, by handle and stuff, but uh, the search function is kind of iffy, but then again, Twitter's is too. And overall, I, I, I it, it, they have the news stories on the side. It has a very similar look. I, heard some, I saw somebody yesterday, and I'm not going to follow up on it, but I could have followed up on it. They were talking about Jason Miller and who he was connected to prior to this. 
the thing is Jason Miller's like I think he's like 40 years old or whatnot and I have no you know I don't know a great deal about him I know he's had some controversies obviously he's connected to Trump and whatnot uh the controversies that the controversy this person was bringing up is who he worked for represented blah 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 okay there's there's good and okay there everything is relative you know guilt by association is is only only as strong as the evidence of how long that person worked there and what did they accomplish and achieve and or how did they get promoted in other words if you start off and work someplace for two years and you don't move substantially up or move to a decision making role just because you worked for say let's say for example the evil company Pfizer if you're just a, a lab rat or you're a distribution manager or something like that and you don't do anything more than that and you leave, you shouldn't be – we can't punish people for that. Uh, they chose a job because the job paid and they had bills to pay and lots of us have made those decisions. We know that. It's not it, – this isn't hard, people. Let's not make it hard. This being said, if you're somebody who works someplace for like five years – and you get promoted up the chain of command or move on from, say, say you were a distribution manager to now you're a senior executive of, of the West Coast uh, distribution uh, outlet. Or you move cross-laterally to something else and uh, you're promoted in, in making. Then you are somewhat, uh, what would you say, guilty because you, not only because you um, improved your lot, you got to see what was going on along the way, got a little bit more in-depth analysis, and at some point or another, you needed to make a decision. Now, does that mean that you know you're you know in the case of Pfizer, that means you're the uh, you're the part and parcel to all their pro- problems? No, of course not. But you know, like I said, and I'm not like I said, I'm not giving him excuses. I'm just saying you have to put everything in the context of that. The fact that I am aware of that now with him that makes me more it can make me more skeptical. That being that being said, lots of people were staying on Twitter and they know who Jack Dorsey is. They know what kind of person he is. They know what kind of things he was saying until recently, until he obviously decided that he no longer works there. Social media is attracting a lot of bad juju and a lot of bad people. Um, it started from that uh, premise, I think. Um, the last 20 years has been an operation that we've been slowly being manipulated and contorted into. The Googles of the world, the Facebooks, the LinkedIns. You notice how all of them have uh, tightened their grip on people and said that this is what you can say, this is what you can do, uh, this is what we're going to... They purposely filter their objectives and roles. They use their AI software. They also use manual override to keep people down and this is the upcoming future for a lot of us if we don't start uh, being a little bit more aware of what's going on that uh, we have people that are out there that are purposely attacking this but we already knew a lot of this and 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 i'm just following up on this so for right now like i'm looking at a post on getter from marjorie taylor green who was suspended just recently from twitter and I'll just I'll read her post, and then I will go back to Dr. Saeed Hader. The truth is under attack, and and so and so are our Republican conservative values. Twitter has censored millions of conservative Americans for too long now, without any restraint. Real congressional action is not 
possible anytime soon. Twitter needs to learn a lesson. <laughs> do not violate free speech rights guaranteed to Americans and do not act as an aggressor towards elected officials. Twitter is a danger to us all by deeming itself the judge of speech in, on its platform. It's time to end their abuse of power that will, that will, they were never given. Uh, never given. Leave Twitter now. Amen to that. So get off the platform. And I'm heading there. Uh, I actually just uh, reestablished it in May. Um, this was after I kind of left in January, not uh, on my own accord. Um, and maybe there was a good reason for that. And and then I was like, well, if we're going to fight this uh, war against these people, you have to, when I say war, and they don't like that word. I, I, I do, but uh, the lefties are crazy. They are absolutely nutters now. Uh, they want to take everything you say and use it against you like they think they're prosecuting you. The, I mean, I'm talking about the hardcore lefties and the ones that are they're sucking up to the mainstream media. They suck up to politics, politicians that are aligned with them in Washington, D.C., which is the vast majority of them. The agencies, they're playing. They are. They, it, it, it's so sad to see so many sheeple that think that these people actually care about them at all. And billionaires too. I mean, they're just all aligned with these people, and the they—I don't know if they really are. If the Twitter just has a lot more bots than normal. If you're a lefty and you believe in this crap, you don't realize that you just got you, you just watched a coup d'état take place in front of your eyes for the last two years. Uh, they use the emergency powers to take away your rights. Uh, they use the election to uh, strip people. Of their electoral freedom. I mean, how would you like it if you were you were the one that were ostensibly cheated by quote the right or the Republicans? And I don't even I'm not even a Republican. I was just I've become more conservative over time, and and I I don't make any bones about it. Yeah, I voted for Trump. I voted for Trump because I he was he was more rational and sane and and actually not demented than Joe Biden was. Could I have voted for somebody else? Sure, if that had been somebody else in the race that was actually presenting themselves accordingly. Um, was it Jill Stein? Didn't I actually? She's a, another suck-up globalist. But anyway, that's putting a beside the point. You know, the problem is, is there's very rarely, rarely a third third candidacy, uh, and the, and it's only promoted if they want to. I'm surprised they didn't do it more with Trump. But anyways, uh, they didn't. Because uh, they knew it would probably be more. Uh, obviously, it's a, uh, it's a. Uh, it, the people that are behind all the scenes are pulling strings and using the media to contort this whole society towards one end or another. This is why the media has always been considered one of the most dangerous portions of unelected, unaccountable people. Because once you buy off the media, the media just operates as a propagandist. You know, we've all heard the term "yellow journalism" that went back to. The 1880s, 1890s, and yeah, they were they were morally bankrupt Republicans back then too, just like anything else. Um, <laughs> that being said, uh, the the, rep, uh, the the Democrats were also uh, extremely reprehensible and racist to, to boot. Uh, so uh, corruption is not a un, uh, un unheard of in the United States. That's true. That doesn't mean that there weren't good people doing good, honest things and trying to do the best they could to make it and survive. That is the always. That's like today. Uh, Bannon played a whole clip from um, 
oh, I what's his face, the ADL. And the guy was just, he, he just glosses over everything and he makes it like, he wants to position the entire country as this evil racist. It's so reprehensible what these people have done. And for those people out there that feel like they've been harmed by some comment or some racism in their past or had somebody interaction, one, get over it. You're not the only person who's ever been been attacked for something. Two, if you don't want to do that, you're going to forever live in that live in the bubble that they want you to. It's it's that's what they want to do now. They have people that have have taken in this COVID objective, and sadly, they took. I mean, there's many people who have been harmed or are going to be harmed further by this vaccine uptake, especially the booster which they keep on trying to hustle across the world. And everybody by now should get it really deep and constant in their head that the vaccine is no good. Absolutely no good. I mean, it's not even good at all for the simple fact that the variants are far different from the initial vaccination. You notice they don't talk about whether the vaccine is designed for the new variant. Of course not. It isn't designed for it. It's already escaped it. So if you get a booster now, what are you getting a booster for? You're getting a booster for a variant that isn't even circulating. So it has absolutely does you absolutely no good, no protection whatsoever. So why would you get it? And uh, why do you take medication that doesn't work? I mean, it just boggles the mind that these people, some of these people have PhDs and MDs and you know higher education that are liberals or leftists. And they have no comprehension of skills of anything. And I'm not even suggesting that I've always had those best comprehension skills. But eventually, it what you dawns on you, it wakes up to, to say, hey, you better figure this out real quick. If the variant that's out there, it doesn't even, is not, if the vaccine is not designed for it. Moreover, beyond the, 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 the fact that we know there's a mRNA and there's a host of other things going on there. But just the f- mere fact is like, okay, is the vaccine that they're planning on putting into you, once again, is it even designed for the variant that's circulating? The answer is no. That's always been the problem with the coronaviruses. They, they, uh, uh, their ability to change over time is greater than any vaccination. That's why every year you, you remember they were, you grew up, what, influenza A, influenza B, I'm not one that's ever gotten many shots anyway. I've never had medical insurance for long enough to really make a difference. And by that, I mean, you know, I've been places where I had medical insurance and other places I was like, yeah, forget that. I don't need it. And so far, so good. I've been all right in life. Okay, uh, let's go back to uh, part two of uh, uh, AJ talking to uh, Dr. Saeed Hader. I've uh, talked enough. Active COVID infections, and he's just been really doing a great job exposing what's happening. And if you just joined us, he was getting into the flu boxamine, but also what's happening is suppressing ivermectin. But as you said, uh, ivermectin's gotten a lot of attention. Rolling Stone ran, ran fake stories about thousands sick and dying in Oklahoma from taking it. None of it was true. It was a fake story. But you're saying flu boxamine, they're not even denying this. On John Hopkins, who's like one of the head groups there, they're actually admitting that it's giving people a 12 times better chance of surviving COVID. That is insane that we haven't heard about this. So thank God you're bringing it up. 
Absolutely. Um, so, you know, they're not um, so much accepting that it works. I mean, they, they do, you know, every time you have a study that comes out and shows that a drug works for COVID-19, they always look for, you know, some kind of drawback. You know, they try to punch holes in it somehow. With fluvoxamine, you know, it causes some side effects and um, some people weren't able to take it because it causes some nausea. So in the group that took at least 80% of the doses, there was a 12 times lower risk of dying, but, but not everyone could take 80% of the doses or more. Um, so this brings up another point that if you can't take fluvoxamine, you can actually take Prozac instead. So 30 milligrams of Prozac works just like fluvoxamine. It does exactly the same thing. It's better tolerated, actually. You know, it, people have less side, side effects from it, less nausea. Um, it's easier to remember. You know, everyone can remember Prozac. You know, it's a famous drug. So um, if, you, if you want to put one drug into your mind, you know, in case you're in a hospital to ask for from a doctor, it would probably be Prozac. Um, that that works and, really and well. And the system's used to pushing that. They're so like, sure, take that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, it, we're not doing it for the three, four weeks it takes to kick in. Yeah. It, it's being done chemically yeah, for other things. So, yeah, it has other effects other than the effects on the brain and, and your serotonin receptors in your brain. That's not really what we're targeting. And it doesn't have those psychological effects. So you don't need to worry that you're taking, like, a psychiatric drug that's going to change the way you think or the way you feel. It's not going to give you anxiety or depression or anything. Um, and, and it works like a said, drug. antidepressants, when I've read, doctor, depending on the drug, but two to five weeks, right, to kick in? Yeah, two to five weeks to kick in. I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of antidepressants anyway. I mean, I, I, I never prescribed antidepressants to patients. You know, I, I would continue them if they were already on them because people get used to these drugs. Their brains actually get used to them. It's kind of like a crutch. And and I think, you know, if you look at some some of the dr the books that have come out, like The Emperor's New Drugs, you know, back you know, 10, 20 years ago now, um, they do suggest that these drugs may actually make outcomes worse for depression. Oh, absolutely. But, but the point is, it's funny how one thing Satan creates the suppression control uh, ends up being good on the other end. Though. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the Internet itself. It was created by the Department of Defense. You know, I, I don't really support a lot of things that they do um, in terms of the wars that they fight. But, um, you know, and, and the same with, like, the deep state and the CIA. You know, there's a lot of things that I wouldn't support that they do, but the Internet can be used for good as well as bad. Exactly. People think the Internet was created for freedom. It was created to control people, actually. If you read the documents of the early 60s. I don't doubt it. Surveillance group. So we could go further into that, but uh, anyway, AJ will probably have that up, the video, and I might post those uh, clips later, but I'll probably post the clean clips on my website because just information dis dissemination is highly important in this time frame for all of us. Um, it's part and parcel to what we're trying to accomplish, which is to, to awaken or getting as many people involved and every little bit, every little bit helps in terms of, you know, if someone sees a story or sees an idea or comes across something, they'll um, be able to uh, take it in and assess, uh, assess whether or not they think you're a good source or not. Uh, I try, and, it, and it's not only just talking to doctors and medical, but the idea is, is we're, we're, we're the, and we, uh, we are, um, in a battle, and, and of course, the people that are controlling us have money. They have money 10 times over, 100 times over. There was a worm uh, did a re representation or was reviewing um, the mainstream media, which was posting about how this inequality. And the funny thing is, is it's amazing how many people who, who still vote against their own interest, which is, I mean, and, and the, here, here, here's the real problem uh, candidacies. You can't vote for anybody who's been in the in this in our government currently for any stretch of time. 
And by any stretch of time, I mean somewhere he's been there for 4, 8, 12, 20 years. And when I say 4 years, I mean I'm talking about representatives that have been there for a couple time, couple terms. Uh, if they haven't accomplished anything or if they haven't made themselves a voice against the bullshit that's going on there, then they're no good. They're not going to be good. And that doesn't matter whether they got an R after their name or in particular a D after their name. I mean, I know the entire Democratic caucus voted against, uh, voted uh, um, uh, with the abortion uh, situation. They're totally aligned. So they're totally 100% aligned on that issue. And we know abortion has a big, uh, I mean, I know a lot of people that'll complain and hem and haw and say it should be a right and all this other kind of stuff and it should be funded. I use that as a big thing because life is the most, I mean, right now we're fighting in a life battle. Um, the idea is, is we should, we should be trying to advance life, not try to take it away, which is of course what these people want. They want control, they want power, and they want to reduce population. They've, they've said that over and over again in their documentation. And the population control, resource allocation, of course, they want to have all the resources at hand, and and they can snap their fingers at a whim and take it away. Uh, notice the way there's problems with, like in Virginia, with the snowstorm. Why is it that they can't plow plow roads out there? Virginia isn't 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 so far gone that they can't get. I mean, they used to call up people from West Virginia, call up people from North Carolina. I mean, don't tell me they can't plow some plow six to twelve inches of snow off the road. This isn't like deep Texas or something like that. There's there's snow plows aplenty. It's Washington D.C. They know damn good and well that it snows there. Um, it's paralyzed that whole traffic jam. I mean, what does that say about these people? They don't run things. They don't want to operate things. They're purposely hijacking our country. Stop voting for these assholes. Not only stop voting for them, but you should already be drawing up papers to remove these people from office. If anybody had any comprehension, instead of taking in the propaganda, I mean, like they're putting, they're using this one six, this one year anniversary of one six to to gin up hate against the rest of the people in this country. Gin up the, the their shrinking base. You can see it by their their actions and deeds. You will be known by your actions and deeds. Well. The actions and deeds of the media, their actions is, is what comes out of their mouth and the things that they try to spread around and create hatred on. I mean, that's just the way I look at it. Um, you know, when the NPR, which is a, a funded by Bill Gates to to Hilt, uh, comes out and has their little spiel, and uh, I get that through secondhand sources. There was somebody who posted about that. How, you know, it's all about, you know, hate, hatred. Anyone who voted for Trump, anyone who voted for Trump doesn't matter if they voted for Trump because they were like, hey, well, you know, I don't like Biden because I know him for 50 years. Biden has never done shit for anybody. And he still lies like he he lies as naturally as ever. And he doesn't answer questions. He walks away. If if if, if Trump had done the thing, if, if in the past year, if Trump's behavior had been exactly like Biden's, he would have, ne literally, the media would just have blown, they would, they would their heads would have exploded. If it, it like I said, literally, if you just change the name and change the face, uh, the the media would be outraged. The outrage machine. That's what you should call the the current media class. 
because they operate for Davos. They operate for the globalists. They're the ones pushing all the fake statistics. They're the ones pushing all the uh, censorship of uh, you know of uh, medical treatments. They're the ones that labeled ivermectin horse med horse medication. They're the ones that uh, they can't justify their existence without uh, having somebody support them uh, from afar. I mean, when you have billion, I mean, you have the Washington Post owned by a guy who's worth two hundred billion dollars, who sits on a yacht and, and you know has somebody you know in a mask uh, waiting on him, literally hand and foot. The the picture I saw yesterday was just epic of that. You know, does he care about you, the average Joe Schmo? He doesn't. It isn't even about race. It's about it's about them trying to put down everybody. They don't care about anybody else here. And then if you get into the the more nuanced um, long term objective that these people have in their mind, oh boy, you're going to need a lot of drinking to get through that because it's just beyond comprehension. So anyway, I did my. I think I did my broadcast around 50 minutes, which is pretty good for me. I'm going to check on out here, so I'll play in the closeout music here. Um, hopefully um, hopefully everybody's had a good day so far, and uh, we can uh, uh, go ahead and go out there and uh, uh, seek uh, appropriate medical advice from people that are uh, on the front lines who actually treat patients instead of listening to some administrator who who was probably part and partial to uh, a prior uh, epidemic if you think of AIDS I uh, won't mention his name but you know we know who he is I found an interesting uh, a piece uh, somebody had put together from uh, the development of uh, uh, the concept behind proto what I would call proto-AIDS uh, prior to from the 50s through to 1981 so Anyway, it's got some citations. I got to go over and see if it's any good. I thought it was an interesting uh, representation. And here's the thing: and when someone put that much effort into it, there has to be a, at least a, su- a substantive truth. Whereas, you know, you'll see on other sites or other things where they uh, they present a, a infographic and it's simplistic, but it's all about fear porn and about co- they use colors to drive your agenda. If you see red in the background, they're trying to irritate and anger you. Uh, They're not trying to inform you. They're trying to scare you. Just a heads up. Sometimes graphic art has a lot to do with how someone's going to uh, receive that from an intellectual standpoint. In shapes and sizes and whatnot. That's all propagandized too. So if if they can't present something uh, without doing that, then you have to start to wonder why. So... um, Anyway, um, God bless the United States of America. God save the world and keep on fighting. <laughs>